You're listening to the B2B Growth Think Tank, the show that brings you the virtual hot seat where each week my expert guests and I help another business leader by masterminding actionable solutions to a specific challenge they're currently trying to solve in their business. So if you're looking for answers to a specific challenge that you're facing, that if you could solve in the next 90 days would have a huge impact on your growth, send it in to thinktank at thinklikeafish.co.uk and we'll see if we can feature you on the show. My name is Adam King, your host and the captain of the ship at growth consultancy Think Like a Fish. And if you're ready to rethink what's possible for your business and discover the growth strategies, advice and insight to turn this new vision into a reality, let's get started. Hey, Adam here. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to quickly let you know about my Growth Accelerator implementation program. Now, this is ideal for owners or directors of established B2B professional service firms who want to generate more revenue in less time while lowering marketing costs. It's especially ideal for those who are sick and tired of the hype and false promises who instead like the idea of working with a partner that puts skin in the game with you and guarantees results. Now, if that is you, then the Growth Accelerator implementation program could be the perfect solution to setting you on the path to sustainable growth. Because when you partner with me for 90 days, I'll help you implement a simple and scalable business development system that is guaranteed to generate at least 500,000 of new revenue for your business in the next 12 months. And if you like the sound of this, make sure you visit thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash accelerator and watch the short video that explains how it all works. But before you go and do that, let's get to today's episode. Hello, welcome to the B2B Growth Think Tank. This is actually the first episode of the show. Now, if you are new, welcome. Maybe if you start going back and listening to some of the other episodes, you will notice a change in name because it has changed. It is no longer the Client Catching Podcast. And uh, if you're a regular listener, you'll be a little bit uh, up with what's happening with the show and all the rest of it from the, the previous RIP Client Catching Podcast episode. So maybe go back and listen to that to get a bit of the context if you are new. But what this is, this is the first episode. And what I did was I had a live launch of the new format of the show. So I did a three hour live stream with nine of my previous guests from the Client Catching Podcast. And what we did is three different panels of three guests and myself to really showcase the new format of the show, which is all about the virtual hot seat. Now, this is what I'm incredibly excited about because not only do I think it's going to be something that can really actually help people out there, it's going to be a little bit different to a lot of the episodes that I've done previously, the Client Catching Podcast, and it's different from a pure interview show, which can be incredibly valuable. And I know that I've got an awful lot out of a number of those types of shows. I just wanted to do something different. I wanted to be able to showcase not just the expertise of the guests, but the the wisdom and the knowledge and the experience that they have built up. And to be honest, it allows me to flex my kind of problem solving muscle at the same time and really kind of think of new and novel and you know ideas and solutions to solving real problems that people are facing in their business right now. So you're about to hear the first panel session from that live launch. The guests were so engaged and some of the answers that they gave is absolute gold. And one of the guests himself um, on the third panel, which you'll hear later, Tobin, afterwards reflected with me. He said, this was absolutely amazing. Like the guests were sharing things that you would expect to pay for in 
their consulting, uh, their paid programs, or maybe high-end masterminds. So like that from somebody like Tobin, it was massively confidence boosting for me that I'd, I made the right choice to change the format of the show because that's what I want it to do. I want it to feel like when you're listening to this, you feel that you'd have got value if you'd have paid for the kind of information that the guests are sharing. So reminder, you can get your challenges answered. You can send them in to me at the show at thinktank at thinklikeafish.co.uk or why don't you come along and join me, some of the past guests and other business owners in the B2B Growth Think Tank community, which is at thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash think tank group. And it's a Facebook community where we are all basically joining together. We are discussing business, growth, solving problems and collaborating ultimately to help each other grow because the, the whole philosophy behind this new show is a rising tide lifts all ships. And that's what the group is there to do. So I'm going to stop waffling and I'm going to get to the first panel of the new live version of the B2B Growth Think Tank. Well, hello and welcome to, and I'm not going to say the Client Catching Podcast, and I'm actually going to say it because I thought I'd accidentally say it, but I am going to say hello, welcome to this special edition, this live relaunch version of the B2B Growth Think Tank. And if you are watching the replay, hello. If you are here live, hello. You're um, listening on the podcast in the future, hello, welcome. This is a exciting day for me. Um, personally, I have been looking forward to this for a while now, and it's been, uh, it's been a, a little while in the making and, and the planning and the thinking and all that kind of thing. So it's finally here. So what I want to quickly do is explain what we're going to do on this live broadcast and um, a little bit about how it'll work. And then we'll start to bring on some guests and maybe I'll have some time in between the guests um, sort of moving from one panel to the next to talk a little bit about why the podcast um, has changed and all that kind of thing. But really, this is all about helping people out there, business owners out there with challenges and things that are going on in their business. And we are going to place you on the virtual hot seat. And between me and the guests, we are going to be masterminding ideas and actionable ideas and solutions to exactly the kind of things that you're suffering and dealing with now. Or conversely, when you want to maximize an opportunity that you have in front of you and you're not sure the best way of doing it. So it's really there to collaborate. It's to actually help people out there. And I want it to be a little bit different to I guess the, the the way that the client catching podcast worked, which was fundamentally a pure interview show. And we will be having um, interviews, obviously bringing on guests and all that kind of thing. But ultimately, we are there to really have this as a repository of real world, actionable business ideas and solutions to challenges and things that are going on in business right now so that people can come along when you're listening and you can actually hear some of the thoughts and the way that people think to solve challenges. Maybe some of the guests have had similar experiences in the past and they are also able to basically give you the value of their their wisdom and their experience. So that's essentially it. And ultimately the mission of the show, it's it's quite simple. It the whole sort of underlying current of the show is going to be to uncover the answer to a really big question. And I think a lot of us as as B2B and service business 
leaders will be asking ourselves. And that is, you know, with so many things that need improvement in my business, what and where should I focus my time and resources to achieve the maximum growth impact in the shortest possible time? So that's what I want to focus on. There's, there's no hype. There's no false promises. It's actionable strategies and ideas to solving the, that, that kind of question right now. So basically, um, with this live stream relaunch, what I wanted to do is, is kind of jump into the pool head first and showcase the kind of format that we're on, that we're, we're moving towards and bring on some of the past guests from the client catching podcast that have really, really just helped me to shape the show as it is today and really show some of my gratitude to those guests. And, and by the way, that is not to say that I don't value any of the previous guests that haven't been able to come onto this live stream because, you know, nearly over a hundred episodes now, it would have been a logistical impossibility to do it all. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the, everybody that's been on the show and the guests that are joining me today. They are going to share some amazing thoughts, ideas, experience, and wisdom to help somebody out there that has sent in some of these challenges that we're going to cover today. So what is going to happen with the show? If at any point you have a challenge going on, feel free to email into us at the show here at think, uh, at think tank. Can't even get my, <laughs> my own email address out. Think tank, think tank at thinklikeafish.co.uk. And yeah, basically answer it in a way of thinking about what challenge um, are you facing in your business right now that if you could solve it in the next 90 days would have the biggest impact in your growth? And yeah, if you're if you're here live, um, please feel free to put some of those into the comments box and we will see if we can uh, come to those as well. Um, and don't forget as well, if you are listening to this and uh, watching this before uh, midnight on the 27th of Jan, don't forget there's also a, a giveaway contest where there are some fantastic prizes that have been put up by myself and some of the guests that are coming on. Um, and you could literally win thousands of pounds worth of business growth um, prizes that could really sort of make an impact on the next 12 months and beyond. So go and enter that competition at thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash think tank contest. So that's enough of me rambling on. And I guess if you listen to the show previously, I have that tendency to do. So I'm going to stop myself right now. And what I'm going to do is bring on the first three guests onto the show. So without further ado, let us bring in Isa and Alex to the show. How are you doing, guys? Doing fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you ever so much for joining me. Um, some of us, we've spoken a little bit before um, since the, the first interview. Some of us, it's been a little while. But um, what I want to just quickly do is um, go through a little bit about what you've been up to over the last, uh, well, well, since we last uh, spoke and that kind of thing. And just as a reminder, um, Issa was featured on episode 70 of the Client Catching Podcast, and that was where we were talking about biz, uh, big business thinking for small business growth. Um, and Dove, we were on episode 22, and I think you are actually the earliest guest that is coming on, so you win that award. Unfortunately, there's no trophy. Um, and we were talking about simple steps to a consistent flow of clients. And Alex, episode 44 four principles of lead generation success. And there was a lot of wisdom, not just from Alex, but from Batman, which uh, if you want to go back and have a little listen to that episode, um, yeah, hear the wisdom of Batman yeah, as it applies to lead generation. 
don't know if you can see it on my head <laughs> as well and in the background. Sorry, Absolutely. You on the uh, on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's start with um, Isa because I know you've got a lot of different things going on that, uh, since we last spoke because you were sort of focused on the e-tribe, but now you've you've got something new going on. Why don't you just give a, a quick sort of rundown of what you've been uh, what you've been working on and, and what to expect? Wow, yeah, I had too much going on probably on my plate since uh, <laughs> since you and I spoke on the show. But uh, first of all, thank you so much for hosting me. I'm uh, I think what you're doing is uh, is a brilliant idea as always, and I think it's going to provide real value to real people for real problems, which I find really cool. Versus us yeah. podcasters trying to guess what our audience wants, just ask them and and bring them on stage. So I think it's really cool. Uh, so what I've been doing is I've launched a new business with an amazing guy called Pablo Gonzalez. And what we do is we build a relationship flywheel process for large companies. So what we do is we allow them to create and nurture strategic relationships at scale, uh, leveraging a stage that we build for them. So the stage is basically a live show like this one in which we host their dream clients, suppliers, best clients, and so on. And we use what is created through that show to create the most valuable pieces of content that we can from each and every one of those shows that we share with the relevant audience and we build a community around it that because they're getting so much value, they come to the next show, the next show, there's more people, there's more value to create, there's more content, there's more community. And that's why we call it a relationship flywheel because this thing creates more and more and more momentum as the business keeps on doing this. Our largest client is doing, it's a $150 million company and they we've been working with them for a year and they just had a record-breaking quarter ever in the history of the company in a pandemic year in like the worst time possible. And now Q1, the beginning of Q1 has the best pipeline they ever had and it keeps on growing. So it's, we're having a lot of fun doing Sounds this because exciting. we're doing this as a business. We're yeah. just talking to interesting people with, with fun guests well, and fun co-hosts and it's absolutely fantastic. As, uh, as, as you and I have uh, discussed on uh, uh, more, than, more than one occasion, the value of um, just good conversations, building relationships and collaborating. And yes, that is exactly part of the, um, part of the thinking behind the, uh, the new format of the show as well. So um, that sounds all, you know, incredibly exciting. And Dove, I know you, you've, uh, you, you've sort of shifted focus ever so slightly since we had the conversation, um, sort of talking about your alchemy networks. Oh, there's the first uh, live <laughs> faux pas. Um, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay. There we go. <laughs> as we were talking, right, was everything's working. Everything's working. <laughs> everything's working just as it should. It, it, it's just just up to you know, well, up to me. Um, yeah. So you know, I, I wouldn't say I shifted so much as narrowed my focus. So uh, you know, I'm focused. Uh, I'm narrowing our focus to ProfitableRelationships.com, where we were helping. Um, you know, consultants as well as small firms or medium-sized firms, larger firms to become what I think of as under-the-radar leaders in their industry uh, by forming their own alchemy networks. So, uh, yes, it's also very much based on uh, leveraging relationships. Uh, I think too many people are looking for scale. You, you can't scale relationships, at least not for real. 
you can use technology to support real relationships, but you cannot, you know, you can't fake it. You really just can't replace a real relationship. The, the challenge, of course, is that, um, you know, if you're reliant on referrals and relationships or referrals, you never, you know, they're unpredictable for most people and relationships take a lot of time. So you do need to find ways of, of leveraging what you're doing and becoming what I call an under the radar leader in your industry is uh, just one, one powerful way. That's, that's what we've been doing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I listened to your um, your your interview with uh, Joel Airway on the you know his uh, his show, and uh, he's a, a previous guest as well. And and the comp just if you get a chance, go and listen to that because that will really bring out what Dove is doing, and it's it's incredibly powerful and very very smart. So anybody that is in the business of basically high trust relationships to win business, it's definitely something you should check out. So definitely go and uh, check that out. So Alex, what's Batman been doing? <laughs> um yeah yeah doing all right i mean i was just trying to think when we when we last spoke but I well the last time we spoke we were discussing how we were about to shed man tears over our uh our, our respective eldest children nativity yes. play last oh, year end game for you that was right yes you did thank you very much for that <laughs> yeah excellent. um so yeah you obviously came to speak at my you know we had an event booked in for march the 26th last year and it was like literally two seconds after they locked us down and then we rallied around and put an online event together and you were literally not i'd like to say recovering from covid i think you were still pretty much knocked out from it but yeah you, uh, like a trooper did an amazing session for us um so yeah dealing with stuff like that which god that feels like a lifetime ago yeah um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a funny one. Like we've the, the industry we're in, a lot of the uh, a lot of our sort of clients, potential clients, are in networks, and a lot of the networks came to us to facilitate a lot of online learning. So we've been doing a lot of um, coaching and educating as many people as possible. Um, and but yeah, we still essentially do do the same thing. We're just doing sort of more of it now. Sounds good. Sounds good. And uh, you've had a, a change in podcast uh, title as well, isn't it? It's uh, now the Avengers Ensemble is a, uh, I guess, a reference to that yeah, um, that fateful yeah. day when you destroyed the end of um, yeah. Avengers Endgame for me. Um, so thank yeah. you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Still just as good the second time around. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was still praying that um, it didn't actually happen in the way that you, you let slip, but it did. But never, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so um, what I'd like to do, and, and this is a, a slight sort of shift in the original plan that I had, and, and partly because of, of a comment that you made um, in the, in the build-up, Alex, in that I've had a number of um, challenges sent in, and we're going to cover a lot of them, but there was one that stuck out particularly, and I know that, Alex, you, you sort of suggested that you would like to... Um, be able to have a go at, uh, at, at, at giving your input to this. And I think that on reflection, there is, it, it's probably a question that I think that a lot of people have on their mind, but it's hidden and unspoken. And yet it's possibly the biggest challenge that anyone running their own business faces. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to use this is as a, as a challenge for the, you know, for all three panels, because I think that everybody is going to go through this and everybody has a, a story to tell around it and an experience that can help somebody out there that is going through something similar. So what I am going to do is I'm going to find the, uh, the, the one that I am here. Here we go. So what this is. So essentially the, first of all, I applaud the, the openness and the honesty of the, of the person sort of giving this challenge. 
And, and, and essentially, this is a, a summarized version of it. But what this person said is, look, I know that coming from the owner of the business, this sounds terrible. But my biggest challenge is myself. I know I've got people relying on me to encourage and lead them. And I know it's important for my staff in any situation, especially right now with everything that's going on. But the thing is, I kind of just want to break. And honestly, I'm tired and I'm not motivated at the moment. How do you deal with the weight of it all when things get tough? So if there's anyone that's got a kind of an, a, a, an example or a story or, or just some words that, that may well sort of help with this situation, because I know we've all been through something like this as mm. running our own businesses. Is there anyone that sort of wants to jump in quickly? I sort of, well, I put my hand up before, didn't I? Now, now <laughs> you've said it, actually the weight of it, you actually think, well, actually my answer is going to be rubbish. But uh, I think the first <laughs> thing to say is like, I think everyone feels like that. Um, and I found it actually easier doing this kind of helping motivate the team and appear because perception is reality. And like when you're working remotely with your guys, so when you're in the office, you know, we were, it was like, you can't hide anything. Whereas now you can jump on Skype and you can, you can like not axe, but you can, you know, you're only doing like a 10, 20 minute, 30 minute kind of not like a pet talk, sound like David Brent, but um, you can, I find it easier, definitely remotely. And then all the cliches, like I've started doing, my daughter does kids cosmic yoga. And it's only a 10 minute oh, yeah. thing. And there's a dance one. So we do a 10 minute, it's only a 10 minute. It's not like a full on workout, but that I'm buzzing after that. So, and then I have my, my team meeting in the morning. So I'm like buzzing from doing kids cosmic yoga. So everyone sees the best of me rather than in the afternoon when, you know, I want to go like Hulk mode and smash something up. So I think like, and then one thing I've started doing, and my missus has a go at me for being David Brent with it, but every Friday, I always thank everyone on a voice message on, on WhatsApp and just like let them know how much I appreciate all the work that they do. Um, and that like we're, we're all in it together. Um, and, and just like that. But yeah, I don't think, I think everyone experiences it. Um, you should hopefully find it easier now if you are working remotely and doing it on Skype and just being really positive. You know, you could be, if you, if, you, if times are tough, then, you know, you can sort of deal with that off, off the call. If you really want to motivate them, then, you know, be really positive on those calls. Um, I think that's kind of what I'm doing. I hope that's working. My team would probably say, <laughs> I don't know. They seem happy. Um, but yeah, I think we're all, we're all experiencing it and we've all, we've all like, you know, some people have done really well, but I think everyone has had a period definitely in this last year where it's like seeing my pants, you know, is you know, what's going to happen sort of thing. Everybody, everybody has. And that, yeah. And I think that it's, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because, regardless of whether the situation is as it is now when you're when you're the kind of top of the tree as is it's always a little bit lonely because all of that burden of responsibility lies on you and people are looking up to you for that leadership they want to feel confident they want to feel secure in in their jobs and all that kind of thing and i guess even if it's just you like you've got that devil on one shoulder and and, and on the other and it's it's the family members and all that kind of thing that are doing the same thing so it's it's got to be tough when you are having that lull and that feeling of i don't really i need a break but i can't have a break i need some space all that kind of thing dove isa have you got any sort of thoughts on on how to yeah deal or navigate this situation so <clears throat> for me it's always having another person 
And that could be, you know, three different options, right? Option number one, it could be if you have a partner, and I highly recommend having a partner that compliments you because we all go through these ups and downs. We all do. And <clears throat> somehow the universe takes care of it that it doesn't happen to the both or three or four partners or many as you are at the same time. So one is always going to be more positive than the others and you just let him pull you back up. Um, so that's probably the best option. that I. That's what I try to do in my businesses. But if not, you still got to be able to vent and talk to somebody in an open way that understands who you are. And that could be your spouse, which again brings in a whole other baggage with it of like maybe she's part of the reason that you're struggling and you need more time because your life work balance is not that great which leads to option number three which is hiring a professional coach or somebody that can that can hold you to the standards that you've set that can push you when you need to be pushed that can encourage you when you need to be encouraged so in my eyes it's like you said it's uh not to go back to the you know the 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 fish analogies, but it's very lonely at the helm. It is. And if it's and if you are alone, it makes it very, very difficult. And if you bounce ideas off yourself when you're really down, well, guess what? They're not going to be great. So you got to find that other person that you have complete trust in that can help pull you back up and make you see things in a bigger picture because usually we're so down because we're in the moment. Like right now, things are really bad, but if like, hey, you know, you've been running this business for a while, here's what happened, look what's going to happen in three months. Like, oh yeah, you know, so, but you you got to have that other perception. Mm. And and Dove, I can imagine that um, certainly with your focus on on creating networks and all that kind of thing, do you, do you find that, that having that network is something, and I don't want to put words in your mouth about how you would actually sort of answer this, um, th- this question and, and, and this dilemma, but do you find that the network side of things of what you do is, is something that is adding value in, a, in, a, in, in that unspoken way to the people that are actually implementing these, um, these networks? Well, I, you did, like, you know, like you said, I said, you absolutely need uh, colleagues and mentors and coaches to talk things through with. So I definitely believe like we just cannot, I don't care who you are. You cannot see yourself. Just, you know, we all have blind spots. So I definitely agree with that. I I would back up though. I'd say that if somebody is feeling um, burnt out, which I think, was that, was that, did he say burnt out? Lost motivation? Um, I'm not sure if they use the word burnt out, just tired. I need a break. Um, It's kind of like, I want a break. I'm tired. Yeah. I, obviously we don't have the, the, uh, the author here, um, but the questions that I would, want to know I would, I would be asking is i would um well, i don't understand well does he know what he wants or she does he does he know what he wants and if yes then what and is he on a path heading towards that because if you're if, if you want a and nothing you're doing is taking you there you're gonna you know you're gonna be tired it's exhausting that's number one if he doesn't know what he wants which a lot of people really don't, even if at some point they didn't, they, they end up confused at some point. We all do. Um, sometimes it's easier to ask the question of what do I not want and then flip it around. So mm-hmm. number one is, you know, if you're feeling exhausted, burnt out, tired, like, you know, like, like you're carrying the whole company, you've got to have a good reason. You know, why, what are you aiming for? What's, what's driving you? So that's, that's number one. Now, the other thing I would look at is, um, what is what kind of work is he doing that he shouldn't be doing? What kind of work is he not doing that he should be doing? 
So a lot of times you could be aiming for something. You could be heading in a direction that is valuable. If you know, yeah, I'm heading. I do want to be doing this. That's where I want to go. However, your day-to-day is just so bogged down with the kind of work that you personally shouldn't be doing. Or, you know, and you're just never getting to the kind of work that you should be doing or not enough of it. You know, a lot of us, uh, the hard work, but the hard creative work, for example, it's energizing. And if all day you're just responding to emails, if all day you're just, you know, going from fire to fire, you've got to ask yourself, well, how could I set things up so that I could be spending more of my time on the kind of work that that energizes me? It could suck me. It could, you know, it could really suck me dry, but at the end, I'm energized, like a good workout. Mm. And, um, you know, and uh, those are the two areas that I look at. And now keeping those two areas in mind, it's really kind of critical that you have conversations. You know, that's, that's to me, I see the conversations with colleagues, people on the same path, people heading in a similar direction uh, is, is really, you know, it, Oh, and there he goes. Nope. That's the uh, <laughs> that's um, the first of the live. Uh, there he is. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. Oh, am I back? Yeah. So yeah. Have, having conversations about the, the de- what's my destination, what it is, what it isn't, and as well as what am I doing that I shouldn't be doing, what kind of work, finding out how other people are handling similar challenges is absolutely. I mean, that's that's a, mm. it's critical. And I think that yeah, I mean, it's it's a big reason why. I wanted to take this approach with the uh, with the new show so that people can hear that everybody has challenges. You're not unique in that um, you're dealing with a challenge. It may well be the nuances of the challenge is, is different to you, but we've all been through challenges through, you know, both, both business, personal, and a lot of the time when you run your own thing, the two can blur and it becomes quite difficult to separate and the challenges of business will bleed into home or if it's the other way around, it can do the same and it's not easy. And I think that Dove, you sort of bring up a good point is it's, Sometimes when you are at that point and you just feel like you need to step away, then maybe that's the best thing you can do and just take that reflection. Have I climbed the ladder? Am I scaling the building that I even want to get to the top of? Or do I need to rethink this? I think, uh, can I jump in? Sure. So I'm actually in the middle of two days of doing exactly that, but I think it's something that has to be very structured, meaning you need to put times on the calendar once a quarter, every six months, definitely once a year, but preferably more than once a year to step back, to say I'm blocking now two days. Again, I'm lucky to have a partner that I can do this with another person. But uh, again, you can do this by hiring a coach and then you have that other person or with your best buddy that knows what you're going through. But go back and say, okay, here is where we, we said we're going to go. Is this still where we want to go? Mm. How does that how do we restructure that concept? Does that align with the values that we set that we want to be as individuals and as a business? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're still going in that direction. Okay. What does that mean? What needs to happen for us to get to where we want to go? And we always have a timeline for that, right? So for us, it's always two years. So where do we want to be as individuals and in the business in two years? And that's a, a more vague one. But then in one year, it has to be very, very specific. And then we work back from there to quarter to quarter to quarter. And and the other thing that, that Dove said that is absolutely brilliant, you can't do everything on your own. Like you just can't. And and that's the most tiring thing. It's just this tedious day-to-day struggle of, and, and most people, especially in the beginning or in hard times say, well, I can't afford to hire another person. 
But the truth is you can't afford not to hire another person. Uh, because you hire that other person, they take all the tedious work away. And yes, you're going to have a month and a half of harder work of training them and finding them and so on. But after that, all that burden of all the stuff that really pulls you down goes away. And you can free your mind to the reasons why you actually started the business. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally, totally agree with what Dov was saying. And I, and I think there is... You know, I, I do think that this will probably come through when I ask a question to the next two panels as well. But it is that the, the, the value of relationships, the value of actually having people around you and surrounding you, because a big, I don't know, one of the taglines for this or anything like that's going to become is, is, is a, riding, a rising tide lifts all ships just to keep the fishing and nautical mm-hmm. references going, right? Because as you, you say, you can't do it alone. It's impossible. You need the support. You need to empower others. You need not just to empower others, just to do the things that they need to do to get their job done, but you need to empower them to support each other around them. And you need to make it okay to show vulnerability. And I think that goes through a cultural thing. I think it goes through a, uh, you know, uh, both from a society point of view, but also from a business. If you have that culture of support and you don't make it, I mean, I've been, I've, been in toxic environments in in workplaces in the past and to show any kind of vulnerability was just pounced on as weak and it was horrendous it was an awful environment so my god if somebody is in that situation in that kind of environment i i just feel the utmost empathy and sympathy because it's so difficult but one of the key things and, and alex you sort of touched on it a bit is it's finding the fun just reminding yourself that you know it's it's part of your life it's not everything you know, go play with your kids, make some time for yourself, do something fun. And my God, at the moment, it's incredibly difficult. You know, we're all locked down, Alex, you're uh, selling cupcakes out of, um, you know, <laughs> food carts and all the rest of it with your daughter. Um, you know, I'm doing, you know, homeschooling, all the rest of it. It's hard to find that time for yourself, but you need to be able to just carve it out. Even if it's to sit for five, you know, 10, 15 minutes and read a book, watch a film, something. It just needs to, you know, we all need that space. So um, thank you guys for, for that. I think that, yeah, this is, this is a, a topic I think is very much on people's mind now, even if it's not being spoken about. So what I would love to do, though, is move on to the, uh, onto the next one. And what this one is going to be, it's, it's going to be a little bit more light, I think, and we'll bring it, uh, you know, bring it back to um, you know, actual, actual ways that we can uh, you know, get people moving and that kind of thing. So this is an interesting one in that the person saying this is basically they're saying we launched a new service um, in early December, but it's not quite taken off as we expected, even though we know from our target market, they need it and it would be transformational for them. When is the right time to call quits on this offer as opposed to persevering? I don't want to stop three inches from gold yet at the same time, I don't want to pour too much time and resources into it if it's not going to bear fruit. So, what would you sort of say about that? When is when is like flogging a dead horse and when is actually you just need to tweak something and you need to actually just give it the time it needs? How about Alex go on this one? Yeah, cool. Um, so I guess it depends. Is it something that people are looking for or is it one of those things they don't know they don't need? So just like context of that. So if it's well, the market we work in, people search for, you know, our client, they search for mortgage help and they're searching for it. So if it's kind of like, if you're getting, if you're ranking, you're getting traffic, people search for it, not getting inquiries, then they, they, 
you know, what's on the, what, if the content are right or, or, or whatever. So I get an impression, just the way it was worded, that it was one of those ones where people don't know they don't know they mm. need it. And they're sort of, so it is going to be a longer burn. So looking at the soft metrics, like are people actually reading the content that you are, are putting out there? You know, what's the time on page or site or whatever? You know, looking, you know, we normally sort of have a look at the, those kind of softer metrics to get an idea. Is this that it's people are interested in it, but they're not, there's something maybe that's not making them pick up the phone. Um, so it's kind of like, but so I don't know if this person is running like remarketing. So if it's something that they don't know they don't need, they're not going to make the decision on the first visit. So it's like, are you, are you doing that remarketing and are you, are you addressing all the reasons why? Because a lot of the time, I think we know what we do is transformational for everyone. Like as the same with every service, every business, we wouldn't sell it if it wasn't transformational, but it's letting the, does, do they know that? And I think sometimes we assume that they know too much as well. So mm. it's like, have you gone, have you treated them like a 16, 17 year old that they know very little about the industry or the, or the, the thing and really, really simplified it and checked all those softer metrics. And then, um, then you would you would get an idea really that people are interested um mm. in it I yeah think. i think it's you know obviously within this it's it's difficult to really get the context and we will obviously have to make some assumptions as, as to the underlying um mm. situation and and um circumstances but i think you're right there if it's something that you know people go out there search for every day and it's quite a well-known thing that you know people need then it's hard metrics, it's hard numbers that you can maybe start looking at in terms of search volume, clicks and all the rest of it. Certainly from a, you know, if you're, if you're running an advertisement side of things. However, if it's something that has that longer slow burn with, in terms of it requires a bit of education for somebody to understand whether or not this is actually something they need, if you need to uncover the problem for them, that kind of thing, then yeah, that's going to be a longer burn. So you actually have to have, I guess, gone back to your strategy and actually looked at, have you legislated for that within the planned strategy or the um the implementation of the strategy and the rollout so that you can actually legislate for the fact that you are going to have a longer sales cycle if it's something that's brand new mm-hmm. um, i mean dove have you got any sort of thoughts on that have you got examples of campaigns in the past where you've thought that it was about to plummet and then you know you did a tweak and it took off or or things like that what's what, what are your thoughts i i just again it's uh, kind of a uh, hard to know the details of the situation. So just generally speaking, I, 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 I can think of one scenario where you definitely do not want to quit, but people often do, and two scenarios where you do want to quit and people often don't. Uh, one scenario where you would uh, not want to quit is because it's hard. You know, if things are hard, you know, that's not a reason to quit. It's going to be hard. And, and what that means to me really is, is that it's, it's just, you know, it's requiring a lot more out of you than you expected, a lot more than you thought it would take. But there is some signs of progress. You do have these omens along the way that tell you, all right, stick it out. So it's going to work. Um, so, you know, just don't quit. Um, two situations where you should quit and people often don't. Number one is if you gain more information. You acquire information that helps you realize that uh, one or more foundational assumptions are no longer true. So for example, if you've been working really hard to get, uh, to, you know, to get people into your steakhouse, you know, advertising, marketing, and so on, and then you discover, you find out that this town you moved into and opened up a steakhouse are 90% vegetarians. 
Now, you just discovered that there's a foundational assumption that you were making that like, it doesn't matter how good your marketing is, it's not going to work. So in that case, you quit. Uh, a lot of times people come across that kind of information, but it's usually not that blatant and they ignore it. Keep pushing. That's not the time to keep pushing. That's not what we're talking about where it's hard and do it anyway. That's a time where you realize, okay, we need a backup and start over. The other time when you do quit is when you realize, like we talked about in the first segment, you realize that you're going after something you don't even want. And I think we all have that kind of experience. You realize that, hey, I've just been pushing really hard for something I don't want. It doesn't mean you stop from today till tomorrow. Could be that you do. Um, but it means that you have to think uh, think clearly and carefully about, okay, how do I get from this to something that I really want? In that case also, don't don't keep going it just because you committed to it yesterday. That's the sunk cost syndrome. Mm. Absolutely. And I think that there's also value in, I guess, what we've 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 already covered slightly in the in the in the first one. And that is there is value then if you're kind of at that point where you're even asking this question. What's what about getting an, a, an outside perspective, an educated outside perspective that can take a look at it and maybe see if they can actually find that you are suffering from your blind spots. You cannot see maybe some of that obvious information that is literally jumping out at you. You know, you are in that vegetarian uh, town and you, <laughs> you've opened a steakhouse, which you know, the fact that you've got just a couple of people in there would have been pretty impressive. Um, you know, it's it, an outside perspective. You can't do it alone. I mean, maybe this is just going to become a theme. It's like, get some somebody to look at it. Have a look at either the metrics, have a look at the um, maybe some of the softer stuff. Go back and ask previous clients. Go back and ask people that you've, and I'm assuming that they would, would have done this because otherwise it is just coming from that place of, Right. Well, I just had a great idea and I am absolutely married to it and it cannot possibly fail. Well, you could be right, but, you know, like uh, walking in front of a, um, a zebra crossing and not looking both ways in front of a speeding car and walking out, you'd be dead, right? It's not necessarily that, you know, that way. So have you got any sort of uh, thoughts, uh, Isa, and, uh, on, on this, any, any sort of campaigns? That you, I know you've run a lot of those, these sorts of things in the past, so I know you're going to have a great perspective. And the second technical Here we go. Issue. Me. No, me. Me again. <laughs> me again. User user error. Uh, I, I, I'm in a, in a hotel and the, the coffee wasn't great. So I'm literally choking on the leftovers of the coffee. That's the reason I was muted uh, to be completely transparent. But uh, so uh, I'm a data freak. So let's even assume for a second that what the guy is writing is true, right? He did do proper research. He did interview relevant people. He did have a few panels and figure out this is really what the clients need. The problem that he's describing and a lot of problems that we're facing are big, ugly monsters. And it's very hard to approach with something practical when it's a big, ugly monster. And the way I approach it is I dissect it to its smallest possible component. And the only way to do that is having the data to do this. But I'm saying, okay, when you're saying it doesn't work, what doesn't work, right? So there is, I hate the word funnel because I think it takes away the, 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 the whole relationship and livelihood of a business, but there is a user journey. So what in the user journey, in the client journey, doesn't work? Are people, do people don't even know that you're providing this? Okay, that's one problem that you can address. Do people know what you're providing? but they're and are they showing interest okay they are showing interest 
very good. Okay, if they're showing interest, are they diving deeper? Do we actually have a call to what am I offering? How much does it cost? What's the benefit? Do I get any feedback from them on that? Okay, do I? So there's all these steps from, okay, I have this great product to somebody's buying it that you can monitor very, very closely and then address them one by one based on the ones that are not performing, right? So now it's not, oh my God, I have this product that's not selling. It's, oh my God, nobody's even getting to my website. I'm like, okay, then it could be a marketing and messaging problem. It's not my product is not selling. So it's it's really figuring out where are your weaker or weakest links in your user journey. But the only way to do that is to be able to obviously track them very, very accurately, uh, which I highly recommend to everybody to figure out how to track every single step. And they're like, okay, now let's address this. Once that's addressed, you're going to have the next weakest link, right? By definition. So then you address that and you address that. Um, but the other thing is, like you said, if it's a new product or service, it's just a longer time to onboard people. Uh, and even when it's not, like even what we're doing, we've been doing for a year, but it's not a concept that a lot of people are doing and it's a pretty high ticket item. And our sales cycle is three to five months. That's what it is. You know, I, I can't change that. So uh, I can say, okay, I give up after three months, but then I'm not going to have any clients. Mm. I think what's also missing from this, um, obviously in, in terms of a context is when they say it's not working. And maybe they mean it's not working because of their own set of expectations that they placed on it that may well have been, as we all tend to do, a little bit heightened or a little bit ambitious because we think we've got the world's best mousetrap and we just have to put it out there and the world will beat a path to our door. It doesn't always happen like that. We actually have to go at the client's pace, the the, the potential customer's case, uh, pace and all that kind of thing. And we actually have to accept that, it's like Mike Tyson says, we all have a plan until we get punched in the face. And, you, you know, the, the real world feedback happens when you put it into market. And that's when the real work starts. That's when, as you say, you look through your client journey, you look at the points if you are using that funnel, say, for example, how many people are you getting to visit a web page? How many people are then, you know, if it's the typical funnel, opting in, how many people are blah, 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 blah. And, and looking for those points of the weakest link, the, the, the chain, you know, are people getting to a landing page and leaving well there's something there is it the you know is it the message is it the blah blah blah, blah that kind of thing um i think that there is you know sometimes we can be our own worst enemy and we can over overestimate the success that something's going to have and we can also underestimate the amount of time that it's going to take to either get things done get traction in the market and actually then sort of that flywheel effect as you've referenced it's like that takes time to um to go but that's where I think that there's a lot of a lot of examples out there of people that have just stopped a little bit too early before that momentum has built enough. People will, I mean, Alex, you'll probably know this ever, ever so well. They'll come to you and say, oh, I gave Facebook a try or I gave advertising a try and it just didn't work for me. Mm. And when, I'm sure when you ask the question, well, how long did you give it a go? <laughs> how often do you get somebody say, well, we tried it for a week? Yeah, or yeah, or I suppose it's more like what was the what was the message? It was more sort of it's not Facebook. Facebook is just delivery. You know, the, I think we've got a Facebook question as well, which may lead on to it. But it's like getting the getting the doing the tech is the easy bit. The hard bit is the message and the you know what the um, people need to make it because like I was just thinking as we were just talking, there's like products in our in financial services like life insurance, which is a no brainer logically. 
everyone should have life insurance because people don't. It's an absolute moment that people don't. Uh, like I was talking to someone earlier about prepaid funeral plans. You know, you'd save your family a lot of bother if you got one, but people don't. They said, no, we're not logical. We're not logical mm-hmm. just because it, it feels like a logical thing that's transformational for your client doesn't mean they're going to buy it. You've, you've got to make them um, come to that decision on their own. I think a lot of the time when we market, we try and sell a bit too much rather than trying to get people to come to their own conclusions. So kind of explaining it rather than, saying it if that kind of makes any sense at all yeah and, and you're right it comes down to the message it comes down to really connecting and and it, it, what you sort of touch on there is actually i'm not going to go the route of the facebook um question because what you've what you've brought up there is it actually brings up one that i i, I left off but actually i, I want to bring up now and i'm going to kind of put you use on the spot it's it's like somebody was saying something along the lines of i have a product that is um inherently dull um, and uninteresting and people really, really need, but it's not, it's not interesting or it's, you know, whatever. So how do you develop a message and content that actually appeals to people in that regard? And I mean, you deal with people that sell life insurance, you deal with funeral plans. It's not, well, like I hate, uh, that's one of my pet hates when mortgage brokers say that mortgages are dull, they're not interesting. It's not. It's not the, it's like if someone is, wants to buy a house, like they're really excited about wanting to buy that house and they're really excited about knowing whether they can afford it or not, which makes it not dull. Um, I think um, digital marketing is boring because I do it every day. Um, and then I try and make it, you know, I did, I was just thinking last night, like I did a video um, and cut some like Avengers clips in it and tried to make it fun. That went. It comes back to the, the earlier question about the guy being tired. Like, if you try and make your marketing a bit fun, it's more interesting. And then we were talking about energizing yourself as well. It feels like all these problems that everyone has are like really interlinked. Um, I've gone a bit off track there. I've lost my train of thought. But <laughs> yeah, essentially, um, it's 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 not it's dull to you, but not necessarily to the person buying it. And it's not the it's not the product it's the experience like what it's the thing that they're exciting about it's not the mortgage it's the house it's not the it's not the there's a cliche about buying the 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 drill to make the hole and that's for the not for the nail it's not for the picture it's for the for the enjoying the looking at the picture in your house sort of thing it's but you're selling it and and dove i know that you like one of the first things that i was um that grabbed my attention around you is the way that you describe how to create that, you know, that, that wonderful message in terms of a message that attracts your, your ideal clients in that way. If you were working with someone that had, you know, this dilemma, I have something that I think is inherently dull or not interesting or people need, but they don't really want to think about. How would you go about thinking about crafting that kind of message and then the the, the kind of content that would, that would, would result afterwards? What sort of process would you take someone through without the context, but obviously just the process? Yeah. Well, the, the question that we're always looking to ask is what are the problems that you can help solve? What are the results that you can enable? Because the first job of any marketing is to get the, the attention and the interest of an ideal client. And there are only two things that get people's interest. And that's if you talk about a problem they have and don't want, and or if you talk about a result they want and don't have. Now, if, if you're not seeing, obviously, you know, what what is that problem people have and don't want? What's the result they want and don't have? That you really just, you know, like makes it clear to you, like, oh, that's that's the message, that's the story. 
you got to have conversations with people who have bought it, either from you or from others, to get an understanding. You've got to uncover what that story is. What is the problem they had that they, that led them to buy? What was the result, the experience, the change, the transformation that they wanted that led them to buy? You know, so, uh, and I think that what you and Alex were saying is just spot on. You know, I mean, it's like you're it, maybe mortgage is boring, but there's something behind that that is very exciting. It's you know, it, it's. Uh, I imagine that the result they want is to be able to go through the purchase of this home with as little hassle as possible, with as few surprises as possible. Everybody can connect with the experience of, you know, sailing down the road, you know, um, with, uh, you know, at top speed, enjoying the, the wind in your hair. And suddenly, you know, some of us, some of us can enjoy stop. the wind in our hair. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Thanks for reminding me. Adam, so, um, Adam can enjoy the wind in his hair in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, but and and like, the, the point is, of course, something and then something unexpected happens. You get a flat tire or whatever it might be. The story with the mortgage broker is is just ensure that you get there smoothly, that you don't have unexpected surprises. Like that's that's what you're selling. Mm-hmm. You're selling not just in the process, perhaps, but also over the next the life of the mortgage that you're going to have terms that you can live up to or whatever it might be that you're going to have somebody that you can call up and, uh, you know, anytime, like whatever it might be. I would guess that for many people, the problem they have and the want result they want to have lies in that direction. Mm. Absolutely. And, and it's really it. I mean, the entire sort of ethos and philosophy around what well, I do, the whole think like a fish thing and, and all the rest of it is really deeply understanding your ideal client, client because ultimately they pay your bills, they pay your staff. So don't just go out and guess. You've got to think, but you've got to know them. You've got to really understand them. You've almost got to be able to, you know, it's kind of the Atticus Finch type of thing of, of walking around, you know, being able to walk a day in somebody's shoes. It's really understanding the, the thoughts and the feelings so that you can actually paint that picture of that future the result that they want or the problem that they have, they no longer have that kind of thing. Cause yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a sense of play with a message. I mean, I, I try and do it with the whole, you know, fishing puns, you either love it or you hate it. But I think it's quite, I think a lot of people find it a little bit difficult because we're told to do this. We're told to think of this. And, and then certainly with things like mortgages and life insurance and all the rest of it, some people can feel that it will almost get a little bit cliche a little bit, oh, we give you peace of mind. We give you this, that, and the other. And it's difficult to come up with a message that is actually really, really, truly different and cuts through the noise. And I mean, Issa, do you have any sort of experience around a situation like that, that may well, you you just really want to do something that's different or have something that's different, even though it's kind of easy just to go with the status quo? So I'll say a couple of things. I'll answer your question afterwards. So if I forget, remind me because it's something I really want to say that kind of connects connects a few (laughs) things that that we've all been talking about. But the whatever you're selling, doesn't matter if it's a product or a service, big or small, long or short time frame, you're selling a better version of the other person that's buying it. A future you, that's what you're selling. And even if it's dull to you, what you're really selling is a new status, right? And I can give a stupid example, right? A coffee maker, right? Because we all have our coffees right now. Uh, like, okay, I want to sell a coffee. Well, it's a coffee maker. There's like a thousand other coffee makers. I'm you know, No, you're not selling a coffee maker. You're selling the, it's just like the looking, you know, enjoying looking at the picture example that Alex gave. 
I'm selling the party where there's 20 people at the house and like every other person comes back and say, dude, your coffee's awesome. That's what you're selling. You're selling a feeling and you're selling a belonging into a new status. The new status could be new friends, could be new accolades, could be new whatever. But you're not selling the thing. You're selling the feeling that the thing can give the person. And what you said, uh, Adam, that really connects to that, if you got to understand your client and know what that feeling is, what is the aspiration? What is the thing that they want to belong to, that they want to be, that this thing that I'm selling can get them towards? And this is what you're selling. So, you know, the, the regular structure of every sell message, right, should be, the first part is, is talks about emotion. It has nothing to do with your product. The second part has to help somebody and just explain why they need it, right? So, or how they're going to pay for it. Like the logic aspect of our uh, human brain that always acts on emotion first and then finds ways to explain it, right? So the coffee machine, we're like, oh my God, I mean, this party and everybody loves the coffee. Yes, definitely. I want that. I'm like, oh, it's only $29 and there's one button. So you don't have to be a genius to operate it. Like, oh yeah, that that's a no brainer then. And so, and then the last thing is really the call to action. And the beauty about the call to action, if you do this right, you connect this back to the first step, right? So don't say, oh, buy now. Said, get this so you can be, you know, the, the best coffee in town. Everybody wants to party with you. So if you can put this together, now you have a framework that works for anything. There is no doubt thing because you're not selling the thing. You're selling the emotion that the thing can generate, uh, which, which by the way, could be good or bad, right? Mm-hmm. If you're selling life insurance, you can play on the negative side. I don't like doing this, but I've seen people doing tremendous things with, with going to the darker side of people like, oh my mm-hmm. God, I no, I can't imagine putting my family through something like this. Of mm-hmm. course, I got to act. You're still addressing emotion, mm-hmm. helping people justify it with logic and giving them a call to action that reminds them the emotion. Yeah. And, you know, there's that old adage of, you know, you really have to poke the pain and, and all the rest of it. Yes, there's a place for that because otherwise, unfortunately, the, the psychology of us human beings, we don't necessarily react to things. It's why the whole Fleet Street saying was, if it bleeds, it leads. You don't see positive news on the front page. You see negative. It's kind of like that's what gets the attention. But um, I don't know. I, I think that sometimes it can be overplayed, certainly with, a, you know, in the negative and the pain point and all the rest of it. And, and often it can actually be detrimental to the business because you end up, if you're just appealing to the pains, you get desperate people. Whereas if you actually look at the opportunity and you focus on the growth that somebody can achieve, then you get a different type of mindset. For sure. That's what I, that's what I found. I don't know if, um, if it's something that, uh, has, uh, has been found by, by everybody else, but, um, I just want to sort of bring up, we've, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got uh, really great nuggets, uh, Tobin, who's going to be on panel three, great nuggets that selling a better version of you. It's such a powerful lever for all parties involved. And I think that is exactly what uh, I think everybody is getting at. It's about selling that better version, the opportunity. Yes, there's a a place to actually pull out the pain when you're talking about the thing that you do, because ultimately you need a problem to go and look for a solution. Like it it has to actually exist. So it makes sense to at least bring it front and center, but really you want to focus on that better version of yourself. What happens as a result? 
what is the afters? How does their life look like? All that kind of thing. So yeah, I think if you're struggling with finding ideas for what to say, how to say it, create your marketing, create your content, just spend a little time thinking like the fish, spend a little time in their head, understand what a day in their life is like. And maybe even, you know, some of the easiest content that you can create around this sort of thing is actually featuring the people that have got the result that they, that you help them get. Feature them, talk to them, interview them, show them off. That's a really simple way of doing it because ultimately we cannot do this alone. So why not involve the actual clients that you help get those results in helping more people achieve the same result? I think there's a, there's something in there that, so, um, what I want to make sure is, uh, we keep to time. So I cannot believe that that is almost the top of the hour and you guys have been awesome. So thank you ever so much. What I want to quickly do is just make sure that everybody has a chance to go out and find more about you guys. Um, and really just, yeah, get to know you a bit better because that's what, uh, that's why I want to bring you back on. So, um, start with isa um it's uh be the stage dot live is your new website isn't it is there anything yeah, so to know specifically yeah so first of all if you want to know about be the stage definitely that's the place to go be the stage dot live there's a lot of content there and ways to connect with me uh, i'm lucky that way that i have a name that nobody else has on the planet so if you go to linkedin and look for isar matis that's me there is no other uh and it means I need to spell and pronounce my name every time, but it's worth it because I'm the only Sarmatis. Well, I, I butchered it on our first interview. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the E-Tribe still exists. So if you go to the etribe.com uh, and if you want the E-Tribe podcast and the E-Tribe podcast on any podcast player or the etribe.com forward slash podcast, which makes sense. So all of these places, I love to connect. I love to share ideas like this. This was absolutely brilliant. I thank you so much, Adam. This was amazing. Right, pleasure to have you. And um, yeah, if people missed the first one, a little known fact is uh, Issa used to be an F-16 fighter pilot. So that kind of makes him like the coolest guy in marketing in my book. But there you go. <laughs> Dove, uh, ProfitableRelationships.com. Anywhere else to uh, find out? What's uh, what, what can they find? Um, well, we just have a little, uh, a free training over there, profitablerelationships.com forward slash think tank and in your honor, your new podcast, if anyone wants to go, we put it up there. And that's, that's really focused on helping people become, um, under the radar industry leaders. It kind of lays out the whole idea, the whole plan, um, by, you know, building what I call an alchemy network. And I mean, there's a lot of consultants and experts and firm owners and business development people, they are already doing a lot of these things, this uh, so-called relationship marketing for free. Uh, this is actually a way that you can you can turn a lot of what you're doing for free into a revenue stream. And that's something that uh, is, is very exciting to a lot of people. So mm -hmm. yeah, ProfitableRelationships.com forward slash um, Think Tank. Awesome. And yeah, definitely check it out because the strategy and the idea behind it is incredibly powerful when, when you apply it. So Alex, where's Batman hanging out these days? <laughs> In the back cave. Um, yeah, well, there's like a gazillion Alex courtesy, so I'm not sure who's winning on, on, <laughs> on that. There's like, there's, there's ridiculous amounts of them. Um, yeah, no, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, and, um, yeah, we obviously only work with one type of client, so, um, I'm probably not that interesting to everyone listening and watching. Um, but follow me on LinkedIn if you like Marvel and you want to see videos with Avengers in them. Awesome. And uh, yeah, 
Don't talk to him if you like to uh, find out the ending of your of your movies all on your own. <laughs> Alex, your your focus is financial advisors, financial planners. What, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. That, that, awesome. Yeah. Well, and there's a need for good help for them. Um, you know, I I don't. You know, yeah, definitely. I, I usually turn. I usually say I'm not the right one for you for financial planners. So now it's good to know uh, that you exist. Well, this is a prime example of part of the reason why I wanted to a do this live version of the event, but b where I'm going with the with, with the show itself, and that is if we can connect other people to each other, then there's all sorts of opportunities that can actually sprout from it and grow from yeah. it. Because certainly, you know what we covered at the very beginning, it can feel quite dark at times and tough and all the rest of it, but there is opportunity to be had, and the normal and normally the opportunity comes from connecting with others and actually putting two heads together. I think in the, uh, one of the promo things, you know, two heads are better than one, but what about 10? What about, you know, a, a, an entire sort of fleet of other client catching captains of their own business ships, right? The puns are still going to happen. Great to uh, see you all. Thank you ever so much for being here, guys. Have a Thanks, good Adam. Time. This was awesome. Right. So that was fun. I just want to kind of summarize a little bit about that. And, and really, I think what we've talked about there, it really helps to illustrate why I've done what I've done with the podcast. And that is, there is such an importance and an, a, such a power in collaboration and actually lending a hand to other people and other business owners. And even if you don't ever actually speak to them, us there having that conversation, I hope, my, my hope is that somebody listening, you know, the person that sent in that first question has heard that and, and got something that they can actually take because sometimes we just need to hear it. We have to hear and actually understand that we are not alone. We're not the only ones going through these sorts of circumstances and situations. And I think that it's all about that teamwork, that collaboration, even if you're not the person, you know, even if you are not working directly with people, I feel like I've collaborated over a hundred episodes now with, with people that I'd never met. And now, you know, I brought on, we're bringing on another, uh, another you know, nine, nine guests onto this show that we are connecting again and we are having this conversation and it's just, it's energizing. You know, for me, it's energizing. It's fantastic. And I really do want this to be something that is a big feature of the show. It actually genuinely connects. We collaborate, we bring people on, we actually help solve the problems because we cannot do it alone. So that's it. I, I do think that this whole collaboration piece, it's like the antidote to isolation. If we, if anyone is out there feeling that, that's where we can, that's what we can do with it. So anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox because I can see my guests absolutely um, waiting patiently in the green room. So, so there you go. That was the first panel of the live B2B growth think tank relaunch. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're excited for the new format and the second panel will be available in a few days if you're listening as it's coming out. And if you're listening in the future, it's already there. So why don't you jump over and listen into the second panel? I'd love to know what you thought. I'd love to be able to connect with you and to make that even more simple. I now have a brand new Facebook community at thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash think tank group, where you can connect with me, the past guests, other listeners of the show to really take this idea of collaboration even further and connect, collaborate, solve problems and help each other out because 
as the philosophy of the show is a rising tide lifts all ships, it's exactly what it's there to do. So I'd love if you came and joined us at thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash think tank group. So that's it for this episode. I hope you found it valuable. I hope you got some great ideas that you can take away and apply to your business to help you grow. If you did, please share it with somebody else that might also find this valuable because they will thank you for it. Also, to let you know that I have a podcast gift page where I put a lot of resources that I love to share with my listeners. You can find the links to join the Facebook community there and you can get my book, the Conversational Relationship Marketing and the audiobook version all for free, plus a number of other resources I'll be adding over time on that page. So make sure you head there to thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift and you can help yourself to the things that make most sense to you and if you have enjoyed the show please make sure you're subscribed you'll get updated as the new episodes come out and finally last favor please consider giving the show your honest rating and review on apple podcasts i read every single one they mean the world for me i love hearing from my listeners and it does help others find the show as well so if you want to go and do that i'd really appreciate it but until next time have an awesome day and we'll speak soon